Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. Here at The Roundtable, we continue the conversations that we have had from Sunday morning and how you can have practical ways to help every person take their next steps towards Jesus together. Hi guys, wait. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is the stuff that has to be on an outtake sometimes. Okay, can we just do it for real, for real, for real? Yeah, for real. Okay, this is getting annoying. Hey guys, welcome to the Roundtable episode 62 today. We're, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> They're making fun of me. I'm sorry. It I was know. Just today. Today. Like it's tomorrow, but either way. But they don't going. know that it's today. No, you're right. Okay, you should Keep just. Going. No, you should take over. You didn't announce yourself. I know. You should take over completely. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, just so everybody knows, Jenny's going to try to be in character the whole podcast because she has an English voice. I do. Was that it? Yeah. yeah see, I know. I wasn't doing character. it very good. You missed the opening, but stay in character. Yes. But again, the whole time. Taking over, mm-hmm. round table. Uh, welcome, everybody. Glad that you're with us. Again, just a reminder this is Jenny, our social media director. Mike, I'm lead pastor here at Life Church. And our special guest today, one being Isaac, who is was in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. right? OG the, round table. Right. What's OG mean? We have been table. over oh, this so many times. Like, oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the original gangsta. That's yeah. what the OG stands for. That's what for. OG stands for. Yeah, I, I made the logo. Me and Nick made it together. You did? I didn't know that. We designed it together. Wow. Wow. See, oh. way, way, way back when. <laughs> and we get to announce Brie as yes, the fiance. Yes, fiance. Yeah. Can you yep. show your ring to everybody? I know. Brie? I wonder. Can everyone? Can see? Oh, I'm sure they can see it from that yeah. far away. No, it's I mean, and here's big. the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem. She. I don't. How are we not friends? on Facebook. By the way. I don't know. Yeah, because Sarah's like, did you see all the pictures? I'm like, nope, Isaac sends me nothing. I have nothing. She's like, did you see the rock oh, on you, oh, your you finger? It. And I'm yeah, like, I, I already yeah. told him, don't don't expect what Isaac got for Brie. That thing's like a rock. That thing's it huge. is so nice. I didn't expect it either. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's what I'm nice. saying. We need, we need to go back to the days when Wedding rings, engagement rings, and the whole deal is like $800. Yeah, and we're just like a band. Something. Mm-hmm. Something that's not like that. Well, does that mean her wedding ring is going to have to be bigger than that then? No. Mm-hmm. The band makes it thick. The band honestly makes it look better. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a big halo, and the band's uh-huh. kind of skinny, and okay. the wedding band help makes it look so more thick. Instead of like a wedding ring being that, it would be like a band to... Well, you wear both of them. Like right. You weld them together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that'll make it look bigger? No, no like, I don't know. Because <laughs> the, the band will, hal- will be yeah, thicker. the halo it like is bigger than the band on the bottom. Judas. Yeah, that's so it like makes, setting makes it the bar a little too the high. The cows pay It off. is. Yeah. The cows <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they See, did. cows are worth something. Yeah, they're worth, worth, they're something. worth something. But anyway, so just uh, a reminder to everybody that's watching or listening. So the roundtable's evolved a little bit, so we always have our guests on. And again, the reason being Jenny, you know, put that together so we could get different people's perspective and so that we could look at Scripture, but not only Scripture, we could look at life, like right. what, what's going on, what's happening. So so it's kind of a get to know our guests so that people can uh, go online and, and listen and get to know. And like if people are coming to church, they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know who that was. And they yeah. get, That's why you should watch once in a while. Definitely. Once, every Definitely. once in a while you should watch See because faces. then you're like, oh, that's that person. Yeah. I knew who it is. And then you can say hi to them mm-hmm. right? yeah. because you know them or mm-hmm. see them somewhere. So yeah. again, catch us up a little bit. Bree, Isaac, whichever one of you wants to start, tell us a little bit about you, you know, obviously your life. 
what's going on in your life right now? What are you looking forward to? What's happening and and what's going on? And then we'll kind of evolve that into, you know, what we're going to be talking about. You, today. you want me to start? Are you, you going to be quiet? No. Okay. I told her, no. I'm like, if you're quiet, I'm just going to turn every question to you. No. So oh, my she, God. I was going to say, I wouldn't think Brie no. would be quiet. No, no she, I don't think she's no, quiet. No, she won't. Um, Isaac Hill, uh, <laughs> pastor's son. Oh, yeah. No. oh yeah. yeah. We need to get some info no, on nobody, that. Nobody calls me a pastor anyway. That's no, right. but they call us the pastor's kids. They do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Do they only call you that when you get in trouble? Because that's like the I'm like, oh, he's a pastor's kid. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, kids that are pastors, kids are the ones in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Not of mine. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work on our uh, cow farm right now, um, taking over as a manager, um, getting everything ran, uh, trying to make make some money out there and not burn it to the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly, I, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, it's working because clearly, of the rain. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. It's so it's all, down over it's, there. It's all coming together. Yeah, I did not go to college. Um, I'm not a big school person, so I did a half year my senior year and then just started working full-time after that. So I did half days and a half a year and then just started working full-time. Well, and again, I mean, you grew up doing yeah. it. Right. So, I mean, I've been feeding cows. We found a picture since 2007. Wow. So, yeah. so six, how long time? Six how old years are you? Old. Six years old? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I've done it my whole life, so yeah. it doesn't really seem like work just because it's, like, the normal. Yeah, I've, you probably I've did it as a done. chore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they always. did it because we always said, like, with our kids, we wanted to make sure a couple things. One, that they knew how to do physical labor. Because right. if they choose never to do physical labor, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wants to marry a man that's a bum. No. Right? They can't work. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? And so you hate, you don't want to marry somebody that doesn't have any calluses on their hands, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you check that when you're holding hands with your boyfriend? No, but maybe I should now. Yeah. Like, That's why you don't put lotion on so you look more manly. So I, or he does? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he does. Yeah. Oh, because the lotion would soften yeah, it up. Yeah, you don't want yeah, to no, take you your calluses have some calluses on your Okay. Hand. All right. Good right? to know. So when you hold your next boyfriend's mm-hmm. hand. Just, just a checklist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be like. It's on it. He thinks, he'll probably think something else when you're going like this. What do you think? No, I don't just know. Just that I'm being weird. I don't know. I mean, would you think it's weird if somebody no. started hold your hand and then started rubbing your no. palm? No. That you wouldn't think that's I don't, weird. I wouldn't think that's weird. Would you? I mean, mm-hmm. no. if you've never gone on a date with him before, that'd be a little okay, weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your first date. Yeah, your first yeah. date. Yeah. They sit at home hands walking through the no. mall and you're like, they just that's start not weird at all. A little yeah. bit. No. <laughs> And that that way, when he asks you, you can. What are you doing? You can tell him. That's I true. To, I want to marry a man that knows how to work. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so and, you pass. and some yeah. responsibility, uh-huh. right? Because the thing about animals is, I mean, without you, they don't get fed. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. like a lifestyle. It's not like any other job. Yeah. Because you have every, to be everything there. they need, you're they're dependent on you right. for. Right. So it doesn't matter. There's no time frame. It's just whenever it needs done. Okay, gets done. Wait, what do you mean? There's no time frame. So you know what I mean. Like, there's no holidays. Like Christmas doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Fourth of July like there's no matter. time off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, mean, every I get single it. day they need the same things. Yeah. And it doesn't change much. I mean, mm-hmm. they they all have needs and just fulfill their needs. But yeah. and it is funny because people aren't used to that. I mean, mm-hmm. when they come and work, they're used to this. Like, what time do I start? What time do I get off? And what yeah. am I vacation? When's the holiday pay? And how's I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what I are the holidays? I don't know. Heck, I forget <laughs> when the holidays 
are. Oh, you can't just keep, you can't yeah. keep track of anything because mm-hmm. you got to work every holiday anyway. I ask her all the time. I'm like, what day is it? Oh, I know, I'm like, I, I don't even know what day it is because I'm yeah, just thinking about it. They all run together. Yes, I bet. They all when run you, when yeah. you feed every single day, it doesn't feed like you're feeding right. any other day. Right. And it's a good opportunity to get educated. Mm-hmm. Listen to books. Yeah. Right. I you have so much to, time for that. I listen to about 200 a year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Did you used to read them, like actually read them? I used to I used to really like to read, yes, but I, I never thought. had time to sit down and read. Right. And so it took me a little bit to like adjust to listening to them. Mm-hmm. So that's all I do now. Books, yeah, was, podcasts. When it's it. funny because when they were kids, they used mm-hmm. to have headlamps. And so when they would go to bed, they put their headlamps on to read. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I've always really liked to read. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I don't hardly know any kids that read anymore. No, no, not yeah. really. Besides yeah. our iPad. Does Levi read? Yeah. Mm, he likes to. Likes to. I don't know if he does anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he likes to read. We both like to read as kids. Most yeah. people just don't mm-hmm. have time to sit down and, like, yes. actually open a book yeah, up. Yeah, read a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know, like their whole life did you want to do this like take over was that a thought ever I had a lot of different thoughts uh-huh. um throughout high school is when I like really started to consider it and like take it more serious yeah in middle school I mean it's just something like I always did in the summers just to make extra money mm-hmm. so I could provide for myself throughout the year because essentially we couldn't work all throughout sports because right. we yeah. did sports mm-hmm. the whole time so anytime we weren't in a sport, we either just worked on the farm and lifted or found something else. But I feel like most of us hill boys. I mean, nobody's did. ever worked outside of the house. No. I mean, so they've no, always I've worked ne- there. Well, I mean, Jeremy got fired three different <laughs> yeah. times. So. I've never yeah. had another job. Okay. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I, other than like heaven sent. Like I've helped, right. I've helped out at mm-hmm. a couple places mm-hmm. and done those kind of things. But like full-time labor, I've not done anything. But like I worked at a pig farm for a couple of years when I was growing up. But once I started getting older and I realized how much I hated school and I was just like, I feel Amen. like. Yes. I feel like I've <laughs> yes. done this. I've done this my whole life. And. Uh-huh. I always thought too. I'm like, Dad would be stuck out there forever if one someone didn't take over. Yeah, I know. And that wasn't like my reason to take it over, but it's like because no one the, was. Yeah, all the work that he's put in his whole life. Yeah, you know, I didn't want it to go to waste, and you know, you get that natural care for it when yeah. it's everything you've done. Yeah. I love animals. I love animals more than people. So what? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that Not more than Bree. No. Right. no, 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 uh, just other people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I say that, I mean I couldn't work in like service yeah, with people that's hard. because I, I have a lot of patience for animals, but when people are being dumb, like it would be very easy for me to just be like, you're being stupid. And they are all the time. Yeah. And they would drive me nuts. Yes, they would. You know, so I'd rather just listen to my book and just shake my head at stupid animals instead. I mean, you're doing so much. You're working and you're like working on like learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, I the think other that's idea, awesome. The idea was when we first started the business mm-hmm. was like threefold. So one was when Sherry got cancer and they took my whole 401k because, oh, wow. you know, if you have any money, Parkview Hospital said, hey, we won't put you on a payment plan because you have a 401k. So really? you either cash in your 401k or, yeah, we're going to foreclose on your that. house. So I had to cash in my 401k. So I always said, I'm never investing like that again where the government and people can yeah. make a decision. So yeah. we wanted to invest into property. So that was one. And then two, we wanted an opportunity to reach people. Mm-hmm. So if you 
you know, again, Scott Little, who just died. So the first farm we ever opened, other than the one we have, mm-hmm. we got it open, and he had went through some rough times. And so as they were looking for something to do, so we moved their whole family out there. They ran oh. the farm for us. Okay, that makes sense. You know, so that was, side. and then I wanted to give my kids a chance to make decisions, mm-hmm. at least have a chance, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be in farming when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. my dad sold everything and could never do it. So I said, well, if we start these and the kids want to take them over, they can take them over and they can kind of carry on the same tradition of hiring people, mm-hmm. influencing people, be able to have the family type lifestyle. Cause that's the other thing farming is like, yeah. you can do it together, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you that's can do it neat. as a family yeah. and you can your walk out your back door and you mm-hmm. can do it. So I think there's some value if my kids ever wanted it, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, but if they didn't, that was what we were going to do. I mean, if the kids didn't take it over, I wasn't going to do it for them to mm-hmm. sell it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You that's know. a lot of work. But again, mm-hmm. you know, we have the South farm. Brady runs that, you know, Isaac runs this one. Steven is mm-hmm. our accountant for the farm. So yeah. it gives him an opportunity to do stuff. And Abby and Corbin both had farms at one time. They just decided, they didn't want to do it. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Corbin and, uh, had a farm on State Road 16. Oh. And then he decided he'd be UPS drivers. And we moved Abby in there, mm. you know, and then I don't know what happened. There. <laughs> 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 I'm not exactly sure how that all went about, but Abby decided they weren't going to do it. So we got rid of that farm and, mm-hmm. you know. But, wow. It yeah. always seems like farmer kids are so different. <laughs> They're so like older than what the other people are yeah because you're actually doing work yeah well responsibility right i think that's the biggest thing and Mm -hmm. you know learning that responsibility that comes with that i mean even when we were young we were six years old going out breaking out ice out of water tanks yeah well it's even before that because Mm -hmm. when in 2004 when we moved over here we used to have to be able to make the house payment on where we live today The first barn out there used to have 25 sows in it. And so we used to farrow pigs. And so the kids used to have to go out and scrape all the manure by hand. And they had to get up before school and wean pigs. So Wean they, them? Yeah. like What do you mean? So, you know, when a baby's born, oh, yes. they're suckling off their mom. Oh, okay, you know, got you. And then they get mm-hmm. to... 18, 19 days old, and then you take them away from their mom and put them. Wow. You know, and so they would have to get up at 6 a.m. school, school mm-hmm. and wean pigs, you know, every week. Wow. So, I mean, that was clear back in 04, 05. And uh-huh. then we got into the cows. and Wow. It's kind yeah. of funny because I always felt like Brady did more with pigs and I always did more with our cows. Yeah. Well, that's, that's because you were out. way yeah. young in yeah. 04. Mm-hmm. You know, right. So you weren't going to be scraped. Brady always says, if he ever gets on the podcast, <laughs> he's upset about it. He's yeah. the one who says, "I'm the only yes, one who's I ever bet. worked. Yeah. I'm the only one who ever." I was out there with a wheelbarrow scraping manure, yeah. and all of them were sitting inside doing. Yeah, I mean, we have video of me teaching the kids how to castrate pigs, and uh-huh. I mean, they were little. Yeah, like how old? I mean, I had only be four or five. Whoa. When I was out there. Yeah. Oh and like my he used to have to get, he was little, so he used to have to get in the pens and yeah. grab the pigs and throw them out. And then Brady and Lexi learned to give shots, castrate, cut tails. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've done it a lot of yeah. their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. Anyway, so Bree, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm Bree or Brianna, but no one knows my name. I was so you want to know the funny yeah. story? Because about you her didn't name? know. Because listen, <laughs> because yes, you didn't know. I actually have that written down yeah. because you didn't know if it was Brianna or Bri- Brianna, Brianna or, or Brianna yeah. mm-hmm. or Brianna. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm not messing it up. It was like, I think I messed it up the first time. It was I'm like, like episode yeah. 11, and you still didn't know. No, I'm like, just call her Brie. Jeez, I'm not going to mess it up. I'm not going to be the weird guy. Pretty much everyone calls me Brie. So it's Brianna, Brianna, Brianna. See, it's Brianna. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different ways to I say know, it. I know. That was yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. stick with Brie. Yeah. Brie. Yeah. 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 So I am Farmer's Brie. daughter. <laughs> yes. Farmer's yes, daughter. Yes, my dad is a farmer and my mom now works in real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I currently go to Huntington University. I'm a junior there and I'm a nursing student. Wow. wow. Yes. That's amazing. No, and then I worked Tough at schedule. the, uh, yeah, I worked at the Country yeah. Post for about four and a half years. Shout out years. to the Country Post. Woo! Shout out to the, the Country best Post. best place ever. Mm, yep. Yeah. I waitresser. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty much school is my whole personality. So. Oh, I guarantee <laughs> it. Especially yeah, nursing school. Yeah, there's that much about me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that much about you. Yeah, that's literally all I do. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, I do know <laughs> that. I mean, I'd come home at nights and the books that they have to go through. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Ugh. Because you have to memorize like a whole bunch of oh, things. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're very medicine. One book is probably like three hundred dollars. Wow. Sometimes it yeah. depends. Like my anatomy book was four hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! I just could never get over like memorizing all of the prescriptions. <laughs> yeah, I have to take that this semester. Don't yeah. don't yeah. scare me. Yes, you yeah. have to memorize. Even yeah. as a dental hygienist, mm-hmm. you have to do that too. Because my sister went through it's dental really? hygienist. It's a whole yeah, class. it's a whole class. I have to take it. This you year. have it's like a three every hour single a one. Oh, yeah. It's a five hour class. Judas, it yeah. should be easy. It's Sudafed, migraine. Oh no, Nyquil, Dayquil. I mean, what else do people take? Oh, tons. It's a five-hour class. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right at five hours. For how many weeks? Eight? No, the whole semester. (laughs) (laughs) So from August to December. Yeah. And you're only talking about medicine in there? Yeah, just that class. I mean, I have other classes. See, they're all like three or four hours. That's crazy. Like clinicals. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is she ain't never going to be given medicine. No. No. They just, the doctor tells yeah, them the how doctor to give medicine. Give. Right. Yeah, yeah. So why does it matter? Because they yeah. have to know. We have to know, like, side effects, dosages, oh, what okay. intervenes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, but in reality, like, how much of that am I really going to remember in two years? No, I know. Well, you could have somebody coming in the ER that overdosed on sleep aids. <laughs> <laughs> nobody no, in general. Not sleep aid, but. Um, Nothing, nobody yeah. in general. No. Yeah. You would have I to don't know think that. it was sleep aids. No, it was. Anti-diarrhea. Yeah. Because she was trying to get in the ER. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to work in the ER. That is Why? Because it would be so fun. I don't know. You just get to see like everything. Oh, yeah, I have no. two options. I'm either going to go in the NICU with babies oh, or surgery, calm. and people are asleep. Oh. There so you go. I don't have to deal with that. I can't. No anti diarrhea meds. Nick, NICU, that would be rough. Yeah. I don't think I I've can always do that. I think that. she would be better. Yeah, I wrote a paper in seventh grade mm-hmm. and about, that, it? about that I wanted to be a NICU nurse, and well, it got read to the principal and superintendent. Yeah, in seventh grade. So you have wow. to. You have to go through. I have to. If I don't, I have to. Really sad. Yeah. No choices. No, you she already no. laid it down yeah. for your life. Yeah. In seventh grade. Yep. So yeah. that's what I want to do. Well, to help people. So before we get into like what we were talking about on Sunday morning and stuff, part of it is, is like knowing your journey. So talk a little bit about how you grew up, like from a faith perspective and, you know, kind of where you're at in your faith and how you got there and uh, help people get that picture. And because what we've been talking about, and this was with Mitchell and Ashley, mm-hmm. and this was Morgan Gardner. I mean, somewhat, you guys are somewhat of an anomaly, you know, because very few young people today are making decisions to be followers of Christ. Yes. Very few people are care that much about their friends and reaching yeah. them for Christ. Right. And so part of what we're going to talk about is that, but I think a lot of that, you know, or maybe does or doesn't have to do with your journey and where your journey is was in faith and so that people can kind of see where that comes from so we can get an idea or they could get an idea, you know, how that looks. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, want, you yeah. want to go ahead and start? Um. 
So basically, I grew up in the church, per usual, just like everyone says. But um, <laughs> yeah, my it parents went to church. Train. Yeah. So like, yeah. At where that did point, you guys go to church? Wabash Friends. When we lived, when my did dad really? lived in Wabash, yeah, oh, or like right okay. out there, we were right outside to of Wabash. Friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know people that go to Friends. Yeah. The Bassets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Bassets? I do. <gasps> Actually, that's my mom's friend. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Do they live in Wabash? They live in Wabash. Yeah. Did she have like like young kids? Like um, young, they were young. Well, they were young. Yeah. Like when I was young. No. Oh. Nope. Well, I thought maybe I knew them. Maybe no. not. Maybe. Just say you do, because nobody did. knows. I, know so, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the Bassett. Yeah. Yeah. The best. He's ever. a farmer. So hmm? he's maybe. a farmer. I mean, so sure, like, I'm sure somewhere, somewhere yeah. my family knows. That's cool. Yeah. But anyway, that's where I went to church. Um, and then that church was connected with a church camp in um. Warsaw. It was called Quaker Haven. And so that's where I grew up. Mm. I went there Quaker from, Haven. Mm-hmm, Quaker wow. about third grade until my senior year of high school. And so that's where I really like started to make my faith my own, probably yeah. more around middle school, I think, because the elementary school is kind of just like, you know, a kid's ministry. Like, right. it's like, you know, about Jesus, you know, about the Bible and everything, but you never really do a lot to make it your own. Yeah. And so I think middle school is really the time that I hit that mm-hmm. because I had struggled a lot just with trying to figure out who I was and like my home life and just everything else. And I felt like I was growing up and no one else around me was because I'm a very, very independent person. I don't like asking for help. I don't want to tell people my problems. I know. Same. I heard that last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that's definitely where I made it my own. And then um, when my parents got a divorce, I think that's where everything shifted Ooh, because then yeah. I was mad because I was how like, how were you? Uh, a you freshman. freshman. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, and, and those so are like, see, like years that I was matter. old enough to understand it, but I was, I was still very angry because yeah. I was like, they were everything and yeah. I relied on my family for that. And so it took, it took a lot of time for me to kind of move on, understand and not mm-hmm. necessarily forget, but forgive. I think because I was mad at both my parents and there was no reason to be, they, you know, they raised me well, but that's definitely where it took a turn. And I was like, I need to figure out my faith because that's the whole reason I was mad. I was mad because, you know, I didn't have anyone talk to. I didn't talk to God about it. I was just Mm. mad at myself about it because I, Mm. at the time I thought it was like my fault. Mm. And so my brother was so young, you know, I had no one to talk to about it, but yeah, that was definitely the time. And then. Well, real quick, Brie, if you don't mind talking about it, because we Mm -hmm. talked about this last week. So a lot of kids today Mm -hmm. are coming from, we call it broken homes. I don't even know if that's the right terminology, Mm -hmm. divorced homes. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. I don't want to put a bad spin on it. It's called broken just because if it's a divorce. But it is, we're saying broken because it's different, Mm -hmm. right? So it's it's not what people are used to. It's not what you grew up with. It's Mm -hmm. not per se normal, right? you know? And so how much of that had an effect on, you know, again, you said, it was a time when you were trying to figure out your faith. Right. But mm-hmm. For a lot of kids, this is a like a breaking point, right? Yeah. Where it goes mm-hmm. in the complete yes. opposite yeah, direction. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, my parents, they got along really well, and they still do. And so that's where I don't think my family fits the norm okay. of divorce. My parents, we still get together for holidays. Like, it's basically that's they're so divorced. Good. We just don't live together. Okay. And so they talk to each other. You know, they co-parent very well. And so I was never... Like my my friends had divorced parents, but I never related to them in that sense because okay. their parents hated each other. Okay. My parents don't hate each other, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was just a hard point because I like saw our family and how well it was working. I never knew what was going on mm, like yeah. behind closed doors because yeah. mm-hmm. I was so young. I was uh-huh. like fourteen, maybe. Right. And so I think it just I didn't feel like anyone understood what I was going through because they're like, oh, we shouldn't be mad. Your parents still get along, mm. the kind yeah. of deal. Right. And so it was just hard for me to like grasp the concept of okay. 
I'm going to have to go back and forth, which I didn't. And I made my own choice because I was old enough. But it was definitely, I felt like no one understood where mm. I was coming from. And I think it it played a part into me not being able to figure out who I was because, like, my identity at that point wasn't my parents. Mm. Right. And did at that time, did your parents keep going to the same church? So we went to church there, I mean, all the way up right until the divorce. And then I think there was probably a span or two or three years where we didn't go to church at all. Okay. Mm. Right? Wow. I think right when all that was going down south and, like, my mom was trying to find a house. And because my dad mm. stayed where he is now because of the farm. Right. And so I think, like, we did not—we tried Union Church mm-hmm. when we first moved back into Huntington. And then we went there, like, twice. And then we came here, and then we— have always been here since. Mm-hmm. And okay. so it's, I mean, it's been since I was a freshman that we've been coming here. Did you sophomore. come here before you knew Isaac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She came here and she's dating <gasps> Carter. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't really know a lot about Isaac then, but yes. Yeah, so we actually did not go to church mm-hmm. for a while. And then yeah, my mom really she, wanted to try remember, again. remember she started coming when we did our small group. And remember when we, it was like one of the last years that we were doing it we started having kids like not coming and we kept trying to get them to come. She was the only one that was like getting him to go to our small group. And getting oh, him to get Carter Yeah, because at the time, yes, I was dating him. So right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But yeah, so we ended up here and then we've been here ever since. That's how I How'd you here. end up here? We were trying churches in Huntington. We were just trying to find people. And I ironically said, you know, I've heard a lot of people like Mike Hill. Like, I really said <laughs> that. Was so funny. We knew nothing that about the so church. Funny. Because we always went in Wabash. Yeah. That was the one and only yeah. church I'd ever been to. I knew the pastor very well. I mean, he dedicated me. I mean, yeah. he spoke at my church camp. Yeah. Right. Like, and then he retired. And so then we left after he retired because the pastor or preacher or whatever that came yeah. in was we were not a fan of. Right. So yeah. but yeah, then we left and then the whole divorce happened. And then I think it was a couple years before we went back to church and then my mom had always wanted to try i mean she listened to churches and i tried but at that point i really wanted nothing to do yeah. with faith or yeah going right. to church and that's like at a time that you really need that's it. a time that you really need yeah. it. i was i was struggling a lot because you were shocked yeah. i'm sure I that was. was a shock it was an mm-hmm. absolute shock to me i remember every detail about it mm-hmm. and it was just like my whole world ripping apart and you know, at that time, I was a hormonal moody fourteen-year-old, yeah. and so but it did not work out well. But I don't think there's a good age for that, and no. like, because that happened to me later on in life, yeah. where my parents were going through the same thing, but didn't go through with it. Mm-hmm. But I think. Like, it doesn't matter what your age is because no. it's mm-hmm. still, especially yeah. when it's shocking like that. Yeah, it was definitely shocking. But I, I tell my parents all the time that I'm very thankful for what they still have. Yeah. And just, mm-hmm. it's not as hard as it could be. My parents talk. Yeah. They do everything. Like, we do still do things together. And, like, That's they don't amazing. talk bad about each other. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that I think helped me heal a little bit from that was it was never one parent bad-mouthing the other. And mm-hmm. that's all my friends talked about. Right. Oh, my mom said this about my dad. You know, that thing. So mm-hmm. I think I just felt misunderstood and just kind of, like, alone in that time. Yeah, and yeah. so... In all of that, I mean, to help us get a better perspective, because that's part of what we're going to be doing with this new podcast that we launch is like trying to get to know what Mm -hmm. happens in all of that. So the reason to disconnect from the church, was it because of anger towards God, anger towards your parents and or just all of the above? Like, Yeah, I think it was all the above. You know, honestly, like I don't I don't remember much about that, but I think it was both because I definitely was angry at my parents, but not in a sense of like, why would you do this to me? It was more of like my family was getting taken away, like what everything I'd known. Yeah. And so I was mad at God because I thought, oh, well, God allowed this to happen. Yeah. Deal. Because that's, I think, where my standpoint was at that time. Right. And so at that point, it's just like Like, become numb or become angry or just become disconnected. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so what do you think brought you back? Was it because your mom? Was it because of you? Like what reconciled? Because I think this is the journey that a lot of people are on Mm -hmm. and it, and it could be a lot of things. So it's divorce, it's Mm -hmm. death, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, 
some sort of a tragedy. Yeah, right? I think it was definitely my mom at first. Okay. And then, you know, the more we kept coming, the more I enjoyed it. And then I had a lot of people reach out to me, like Jen Gerber. And mm. obviously I'd known them before, but when mm -hmm. I started in children's, and then I think when I started becoming a teacher in children's is really when I found, like, this is what I mm. am meant to do here. I know I have a place in the church. Like, obviously right. I loved the sermons and I wanted right. to keep coming. But, right. mm -hmm. like, once I started doing children's because of Jen, like, I knew. And I was like, this is definitely, like, this is my calling right. in the sense of the church. Right. And so I think that's kind of when I started to come back to it. And then definitely like as cliche as it sounds like Isaac was a helper in that Aww. because I was Look in a, yeah, I was in a, a <laughs> terrible place when right. we met. I had just gone through an awful breakup and didn't really oh, want anything wow. to do with anyone. Now I was, I was very sick. And so right. he definitely was a person involved in that. Yeah. And that's so amazing. in that, so we, again, shout out to your mom because yeah. again, part of that really, because that's what we're trying to identify. So right. because she was persistent and at least said, Hey, come yeah. with me. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. and I think sometimes that's where it gets lost. Mm -hmm. You know, parents don't want to force their kids to do anything right. or don't want to include them when it comes to that. Right. Because and they, she definitely like not really forced us, but she's like, we are going. Right. And you mm -hmm. know, I think that was one thing I've always looked up to my mom for everything. And she never lost faith through anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Ever. Anything in divorce when she was job switching like she's never lost faith in right. anything and so i think she's been my role model on that yeah like through all yeah. those things you know you shouldn't lose faith over something mm -hmm. right so a lot of it again part of what we're identifying is so parents initially have a lot to do with they it. do the, 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 the i think it's a lot more than people this, say right. yeah that's what i mean that mm -hmm. the parents right because again possibly in the divorce situation or tragedy parents just disconnect mm -hmm. too you know and if they're disconnected and aren't doing anything to help get that back you know or get somebody to yeah. to encourage them to come mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. you know and right. I think that's something that I think we'll learn over time. Because I think whether it's a parent or whether it's a mentor, meaning a coach, mm -hmm. teacher, I think they could, if parents are involved, I think if you had somebody that you're close to could also say, you know what, yeah. I'm going to church, yeah. come mm -hmm. with me. Yes. You know, and I think mm -hmm. we yeah, miss that part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we just say to the young people, well, they'll come if they want to come. And we like, we don't seek it out. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going out there saying, hey, I know this person. They're mm -hmm. not going to church. I'm going to tell them, I'm coming. I'll pick you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I think it takes that initial push, mm -hmm. you know, yes. to get them back in. Yeah. Because I think even in in homes today, parents aren't forcing their kids to go to church. Yes. And they're like, yeah. well, you shouldn't force your kids to go to church because then what are it. they going to get out of it? And right. I'm like, well, what are they going to get out of it at home? Mm -hmm. yeah. You right. know what I mean? I mean, so you got a choice. You can say, well, they're going to be here. And in being here, we're going to hope that the Holy Spirit works. Right. Or you can just say, well, we're just going to let them stay at home. And then what do you get? Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's where parents struggle. Because once they get to that age where they fight you, which is in middle school, where mm -hmm. all kids lose their <laughs> mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fight you, you know, because that's what they do when yeah. they get the age yeah. of like I can, I can make these decisions, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, or they get to an age like where they get their license mm -hmm. and they're like, you can't tell me, oh, and I'm like, yeah. dude, adults. <laughs> first of all, if you're living here, you're going. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, and again, I don't, I don't think a lot of parents do that. Today. No, because I, I think it's out of the fear of if you force your child to go, then they're going to grow up and hate the church because mm -hmm. you didn't give them an option. But really, if they're staying at home, you're not giving them an option to hate or love God either. Right. Well, I mean, I think we would just identify regardless, they're leaving anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I yeah, mean, I would much rather, I mean, that's what we talked about at church Sunday. I mean, I, obviously we should do something. Leave with because, that seed. I mean, at least they've had something yes. mm -hmm. yeah. that's planted. And then if they choose to walk away, they choose to walk right. away. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. again, because I've always said this, 
You know what's so hard is, is like if kids don't understand authority, because mm-hmm. I think this is a big deal mm-hmm. today. Like I don't think kids understand authority. Like mm-hmm. somebody is over you. You live under this roof. There are rules you are right. doing. Yeah. And then you say, you know what? You should submit to the authority of God. They don't get it. They don't, yeah. Well, how would they get mm-hmm. it? They don't right. have to submit to you. Yeah. You know, there is no authority in your home. So why would they submit to the authority they can't see? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's good. So Isaac, mm-hmm. give us a little bit of your background story. Ba- background, like the whole story? Well, yeah, I'm just saying like, spirit- yeah. like spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just all of it, just all the way through. I mean, yeah, so yeah, being obvi- a pastor's kid. Yeah, obviously oh I grew up in church with my dad sitting next to me. Were um, you always, like, when he, because I know that you're a little bit younger than everybody, yeah. were you, like, how young were you when he started in ministry? Before he was born. Okay, mm-hmm. so you were I was born a part-time into it? youth pastor mm-hmm. okay. whenever, before So it's all you've known. Born. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've grown up, like, the church, the church when we moved here, I mean, I've essentially grown up with it. Okay. That it's pretty close on. I forget. Yeah, I mean, we've been 18 like, years and he's 21 years old. Yeah. Okay. So since we moved to Huntington, uh-huh. it's like since we, I've been here since the church has started. Wow. So every, I've seen just about <laughs> every single phase of, bet, yeah. of life church, which has been awesome because it was like what you're talking about the past weeks that, I mean, it's a complete change. But yeah, so I, uh, I grew, grew up in the church. Um, I, I mean, I would say you could think it was easy to mm-hmm. piggyback off your parents when your dad is a pastor. Because when <laughs> I'm not saying that as a bad thing, I'm just right. I'm saying when you're a kid and you don't really like understand yeah. much, like yeah. it's obviously we had a lot of faith talks and it made sense. And I mean, I, you don't, I feel like you don't really take it as your own until like you have something that makes you yes. take it as your yeah. own. And I mean, when I went out, on um, the mission trip we went to in my eighth grade year, mm-hmm. uh, we were like redoing some stuff in Chicago and we did it through the church, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was one time where it was like, it was like the first time I can remember clearly like God have filling me with the fire. Cause it was like something I don't even know how to describe to mm-hmm. people. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to tell you like what that feeling was like, but I'm like, I know God was working through me. And then it was crazy. Cause it was like that very first time that I felt that. And then like two days later that it was like me and a couple of my buddies, we get a phone call saying our friend just died. <gasps> so it was like, Oh my god! It was like right, right then and there that it was like instant. So it was like, like you needed that. Faith. Yeah. It was like an instant test of faith. Oh, you think it was a test of faith? Well, I mean, yeah. again, cause he's just on fire and now his friend. Oh, okay. I mean, cause again, yeah. at that time, I mean, you I was, know, like, Lucas I mean, was only in. I was going to say, I was yeah. like going into my eighth grade year or going into my freshman year. I don't remember what which happened one it was. that you got that. Like, what do you mean? Were you praying? Were you did something like was there a moment? It was, it was yeah. nice to get out of your environment for one, and then yeah. actually like not only be out of your environment, but like serve the Lord and yeah. everything you do, no matter what, throughout the day. Yeah. So like nothing like Leader Treks is very good if you've ever done mission trips with mm-hmm. them. That they're very time oriented. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if you're like thirty seconds late, like they're on you about oh, being late. And so you have like your schedules day to day and it's like, bam, bam, bam. And I mean, you're serving the Lord all day long. Okay. So everything you do, whether it's serving the community or you go to, I mean, we're essentially in the hood Mm -hmm. of Chicago and there's this sweet lady that we were remodeling her home for. And she was just, just to see like the appreciation that they like, that you can be the love of God to Mm -hmm. someone. And that's something that like, I've always been passionate about, whether my faith has been terrible or my faith has been good. I've always cared about other people. Even though I say I don't like to talk to other people and all that stuff, but it's always been like my biggest 
<laughs> not downfall, but it's always like I would do anything for other people. Uh-huh. And it's always just for the sake of like, I know that it would be like, I would rather me go to hell over them go to hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though if my faith wasn't good, like I want to make sure their faith is good, even though if I'm not doing good. But and that's, that's your always, gift. I yeah, think that's And that's gift. always been like on my heart. I mean, for as long as I can remember, whether it's in elementary school or mm-hmm. like, I can remember sitting on the playground in elementary school, like ask my friends, like, will you come to church with me? Aww. And it was like, it's always been a passion of mine to like reach out and like be the love to someone mm-hmm. else. Because yeah. I've always said that it's like, it's the reason it was so hard for me, like when I would make mistakes throughout my journey, because I'm like, I'm ruining how people see Jesus. Because mm. I'm oh, like, yeah. especially being a pastor's kid, I'm like, I already have a label on me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. whether I like it or not, because people that aren't in the church, I mean, will look at me and be like, okay, well, that's someone important, you know, mm, in the yes. church. That yeah, is you're watched. Like, when I would trip up that it's like, it seems worse because I'm, I'm seen as the, yes. the staple yeah. around it. And, but they it's, must not have looked at the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> must not have. Or, or looked in their, in their own heart, like, yeah. every, you yeah. know, everyone. Right. Um, but yeah, my faith journey has had a lot of ups and downs. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of deaths in my life that, and I've always said that that's what made me have to like grow up and figure things mm-hmm. out really quick. Cause I mean, it was, I was 15 years old, I think, when Lucas died. And then it was just like the next three, four years. I mean, it was just like another death of a loved one after another one, after another one, after another one. And it was like, I felt like every time that I would like try and get close to God, like something else would happen. Mm. And so I'm like, it's just constant faith test after faith test. And I mean, for a while, there was that point where I'm like, it was almost like I was scared to get close to God because yeah. I'm like, I'm tired of like ever all of these things yeah, happening. Yeah, losing somebody. So it wasn't like I like lost my faith, but it just felt like I was like stagnant. Yeah. Like I didn't want to do anything because it was almost like I was just scared to mm-hmm. do something. And so that, those kind of years were a lot, a lot more difficult because it felt like, and I know you've said this on the podcast before of like the battle, like mentally, Mm -hmm. that it was like, I always felt that with, I think like Satan attacking me the most that it's like my mind like never stops no matter what. I'm like always thinking about something. Right. And so especially during all those things, it was like, I felt like I had to figure it out on my own because Mm -hmm. I'm like, who's going to understand a 16 year old that has lost all of these people. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, I felt like, I'm like, it wouldn't make sense if I would try to tell you about, like, how how I felt deep down, you know? Because I'm like, what what do you say? Yeah. You know, that it's like, it's something, I mean, adults have a hard time figuring out. It, and yeah. so it's like, how do That's, I figure it out? Have a hard time sharing their feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or ha- have a hard time sharing their feelings, have a hard time grieving. Like, or just learning, learning what death is, like, actually like when it's hits home. You know, because it's a lot different when someone dies and you're like, oh, man, that's sad, but it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. it does affect you, I mean, it's like your whole world changes. Yes. Yeah. And so throughout those years, I mean, it was a it was a lot of mental battles. And so it was kind of cool on how me and Bree met because she was kind of going through her own thing and I was going through my own thing. And it was almost like we had to, like, build it together mm-hmm. to, like, get back to where we could even just start again because we were both, like, so far down that it was like – we need to put the pieces back together before we can even restart this because I would say we were both at some pretty low points because it just felt like one, one like I said earlier, like one thing would happen after the next mm-hmm. thing. So that's really when it was like 
okay, I have to take this all for my own and we can do this together. Cause it was like throughout those years before that, I was just tired of it. Yeah. And yeah, I was always like, I would still come to church and I would still pray, but it was like, I wasn't actively like working in my faith. Like I wasn't, I wasn't growing. Like I was just existing. Yeah. And it was always like anytime in the sermons, we talk about being lukewarm and I'm like, I know I'm being lukewarm, Mm -hmm. but it was like, it was almost like I didn't care Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't want to be attacked again. Yeah. And so that's what it was like this biggest mental battle that it's like, you know, when Satan's talking in your head, he's like, oh, you're, you know, you're lukewarm, but you know, you're also not going to do anything about it. Right. Right. And so then it was the guilt of like, I know I'm not doing what I should be, but I'm also scared to do it. And then it's like, you make me feel bad about both things and you, you know, you do it at once. And it's like, it's debilitating. So it's like really trying to feel like getting out of that rut where it's like, I am worthy Mm -hmm. to, you know, be forgiven that it's like, yeah, I was mad at God. You know, who who wouldn't be mad yeah, at God? Yeah, everybody would. That's also, I, I mean, I think it's given me the best perspective on to like, cause I'm very passionate about reaching other people and like sharing my story. I'm like, yeah, I was in a very terrible spot, but mm-hmm. so are you. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I know what it was like. And so I think that's been, I mean, it's been really helpful that, I mean, a lot of conversations that I've had with other people that they're going through the same things and having the same thoughts and right. doing all those kind of things and like, I'm their shoulder they mm-hmm. can lean on, yeah. you know, that it's like, I mean, even out of our friends that we've talked to and, you know, a couple of our close ones that it's, anytime we start having a deep conversation, they're like, well, we're scared, you know, we're scared <laughs> to bring it up because they're like, we, we feel like we don't go through enough. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. like a big, oh, yeah. a big, you have to be transparent yes. with them. yeah, it has to be like a big stigma of like, they, they didn't lose all these people, so they don't you know, feel like so they, 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 they don't feel it. like their problems yeah. are good enough. And right. I'm like, listen, whether it's, they don't, bit, you mean they can't say it because they think, because like, they think I went through more than right. them. And yes. so then you get this, we've like, talked about that yeah. on here before, or just that they think that we're better Christians than they yeah. are, but, but we're all really in the same place. Yeah. And then I'm like, listen, I was just as lost as you were. I'm like, if not, I was probably more lost than you were and i'm like but take it from someone that's been lost exactly it's not worth it right because you didn't have anybody at that time to understand you and Mm -hmm. i mean you said that too Mm -hmm. so it's like you went through everything and now you're using it for good Mm -hmm. and you're using it for people that maybe don't have uh, anybody to understand them. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I, definitely what I think did. it's I think it's really relatable when you're talking to these high school kids that are trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I was trying to figure it out. And I think they need to hear it from someone that's yes. closer in their age yes. to say these things aren't worth it. Mm-hmm. Take it from someone that's been there. You know, and and walked walked that road, and yeah. that was like the biggest thing when we were doing our small group, and a lot of the kids were just saying they really like to come because they was like. I'm like, we're only a couple of years out of high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what goes on in high schools. So, yeah. You know, it's a lot, that's a lot different perspective to them because it's just like I was walking down the same hallways you were. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I know what's said. I know what's done. Like I know all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and you but, said they wanted someone to talk to. Yeah, but no one will, no one will uh, take a stand for it, mm. you know, and that's I think that's the biggest thing of someone their age taking a stand yes. and being like, this is wrong. Yeah. Because all the people that, are seen as Christians, I feel like our age are just seen as goody two shoes that never can have fun and mm-hmm. do all of these kind of things. And I mean, in all reality, I'm just as broken as you are. I just want to help you, right. you know, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't understand now. Anything else I leave out? No, <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, but again, one of the things that, that I think is interesting is to talk a little bit about, 
because I think the we're we're trying to figure out tools, right? So what are things that you can take from your story and then people can learn from? So right. you both came together, which in any relationship advice, everybody would say, mm -hmm. such a terrible yes. idea yeah. for you guys to be in a relationship right. when you're both broken. Yes. But mm -hmm. again, you guys made it work mm -hmm. and you both said that you put the pieces back together or you helped each other put the pieces back together. What does that mean? Like practically, how did you guys help each other? Because mm -hmm. I always said, again, watching Isaac be my son, I mean, Bree's the best thing that ever happened to me. No, no I mean, I'm serious. Like Isaac and his emotional, yeah. you know, because Isaac's our emotional kid. Yes, because you know, he's a baby. <laughs> kind of. No, not the babies. No, no, not emotional in, like he's more... Sensitive feelings? Uh, no, he's very, people. yes, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't Caring. know what the right word is. I care a lot about yes. other people. Yeah. It's the baby syndrome. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, really Whatever is. it is, is that... And again, he went through probably more than yeah, the rest of right. them, you know, whenever they Being were young. young. So knowing that there were struggles, but again, you know, right or wrong, I'm the type of dad of like, hey, I'm here. I'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the one saying, hey, you want to sit down and talk about your deepest feelings? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not that guy, you know, whether that's shame on me as a father or not, but that's just the way that it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't do those things, but as soon as he met Bree and they started going down this road, you could just see change, mm -hmm. you know, because it's not the first person he dated. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and you could just see there was something about Bree cool. that made Brady or made Isaac a better man mm -hmm. yeah. right, in, in his life. And so something happened in you guys' relationship or you yep. did something in your relationship that I think helped both of you mm -hmm. get to places mm -hmm. that God wanted you to be. Can you talk about any of those things? Yeah, so, I mean, before we even met, I mean, I I essentially got to a point where I'm like, I don't ever want to be in a relationship again. Yeah. Because it was like I was trying to fill the hole where God was supposed to be with someone that would, like, make me feel loved mm -hmm. instead of, like, having God be someone to love me. And it just got me here every single time. Mm -hmm. And every single time was just worse. And so I was just like, all right, God. I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, I don't ever want to do that again. And so every night when I would be praying, I'm like, if you wish me to be with someone, I'm like, put someone in my life. Because I'm like, if you don't, I will not look. I'm like, I will not be actively searching at all. And I didn't. I didn't talk to anyone. I hardly even talked to my friends at that own point that I was just like doing my own thing, mm -hmm. ready to get out of there. I'm like, I wanted nothing to do with it anymore. And then we would just pass by each other in the hallways. You would make fun of me. And I would, <gasps> you would make what? fun yeah, of her. She, me ugly. Yeah, because <laughs> she was she was dating one of my friends Wait, at the for time. Wait, real? Like, yeah. that's yeah. a joke? Well, no, no it, was a, joke. it was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a, no, it was a joke. You know how guys flirt with yes. insults? Yeah. 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 That's how guys flirt? Yes, high school yeah, guys. Kind yeah. of. Really? Kind of. Well, I mean, not really like doesn't insults, make sense. but they like, doesn't make sense say things that are like, take you off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but wow. she was I dating. I don't know what the mental part of that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Women hate it, or girls yeah. Yeah. at that age. Yeah. Anyways. But she was dating one of my friends at the time. So, I mean, we like kind of knew of each other, but like not really. I didn't really know of her other than she was my friend's girlfriend. Yeah. And so she would randomly pass me in the hallways and I would just say something stupid to her. And that was essentially the only time we've that ever talked. That was the talked. extent of it. Yeah. yeah. That the only conversations we've ever had. And then 
she reached out to me. It was funny because Mitch said he did it on Snapchat, and ours was the same way. Seriously? That on Snapchat? That I posted. It was in, like, January Snapchat. or something. Yeah. That right. it was, like, something sad I posted on. And she, like, sli- it was, like, a song or something. Mm-hmm. And she, like, slid up on it. And she, slid we, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you, like, you replied to the You replied to the story. Because it was, like, a song. Yeah, you slid up. Up and then you type your reply. Yeah, and it was God. like a, it was like Got a song, it. and she and she uh, and it was a sad song. Yeah, something, something like that. that. I told I you, really I, I was I was not in the he right. He was depressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was. Yeah. And uh, and she reached out, and we just started talking. And I essentially have never talked to her before. And it was funny hearing it the perspective after. She's like, I thought you were never going to talk to me. So <gasps> I was, she was like, I was worried that you weren't going to reply to really? me or do anything mm-hmm. like that. So before we even thought about dating, we didn't. We when I first. Whatever slid up on him or whatever. It was in all innocence. Like mm-hmm. I was like, it, not we weren't friends at that it was point. Like but she it was, was reaching like, out was for reaching someone out. to talk to. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I knew that I could talk to him. I heard a lot of things about him. So I was like, oh, I'll just like talk to him and see what he's like. Mm-hmm. But I had no intentions of dating him. And I mean, even, I mean, skipping the story, we didn't even start dating until like five months after that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you weren't in a relationship at this point? No. no at no. that point, we had broken up. Okay. I think the guy that I was dating, I think we broke up in like November of that year. Okay. And I didn't even reach out to him until January. So mm-hmm. it had been okay. a couple months. Obviously, I didn't So were you thinking enough. about it before that? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just something about that. It was just like, oh, it's this nasty that story was I think it all started was should, is Don going to be mad if we no. tell does Don listen yes we we met the, for the first time so I drove over to her house uh, oh, on did you sneak one, in no, 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 not no, sneak no. in her mom was just at, at work and we seriously just sat on the couch and just I aired, probably cried for like five hours. Aired, <laughs> really? Aired our grievance, not grievances, but just like laid it all out on the table for like the next three days in a row. I mean, for like three, four hours a day, we just sat there and talked. And that's all we did was sit there and talk about everything that was going on. And then it seemed like after that, it was like I knew her my whole life. And I'm like, in my heart, I knew she was the mm. one. It was like as soon as as soon as I got yeah. done talking to her, it was like I when I was talking to her, it was like every when I was looking in her eyes, I'm like everything I feel, she's yes, feeling. Yes. So, so it was like God was like calling me to put her back together and for her to put you yeah. know put me back together. That it was like we were both feeling the same like deep down pain. I think exactly. in like two different ways. And then it was like, God, I mean, I always said like the term, like when you know, it's the one, it's the one mm-hmm. is like cliche, but I'm like, it for sure makes sense because I'm like, I've, I mean, I dated a decent amount of girls and I'm like, I never felt anything. No. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to be like Ashley? Where she's like, I've never dated Mitchell because he's a player. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I did not think that about him, but no. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know him. No. Honestly, I kept to myself i had my one friend group he had his friend group and that was about yeah, it. And it was yeah. so weird because like after a year of us dating i'm like have you ever said i would have been dating brianna i'm like i didn't even know who that was mm-hmm. you know so it was which like, is so weird because why well like you know with sarah mm-hmm. and her kids go to northfield mm-hmm. so they have 67 people in their graduating class right. for her son like honey to norris three four hundred oh yeah you know, we like, did not know so you listen to yeah. these 
to her kids talk like oh, they know everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know such and such, and they know every family and everything. Uh-huh. That it's possible to go to the same yes. high school yeah. and not even know somebody. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. You yeah. see new people all the time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. See, okay, something interesting that I've been like I just found up yesterday. If you have a date with somebody and it's like this thirty six questions that somebody came up with that said it will create love, like mm-hmm. in the first hour that you meet somebody, and. I went through the questions and then I like dug deeper on it. It was because they're sharing their most like inner most like hurts kind of, mm-hmm. I would say like what you guys did. Mm-hmm. And then like looking in the eyes, you have to look in the eyes to your date for four minutes. Which I hate that because he knows I hate eye contact. It's yeah. the thing I can't do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really? I, I won't yeah, make eye contact with someone for more than like You guys five need seconds. to do mm-hmm. it for four minutes. Gosh, I can't. I'm telling you. <laughs> no. It changes I, your I, life I seriously apparently. can't. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you make eye contact with somebody for four minutes? I think I could. Yeah. I don't think you could. Yeah, I do. See, I think if I was... When I talk, I looked like different ways. I look ways. behind people. That's my you point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like if we're when we're in meetings, like you never make eye contact. Yes, I do. No, you're always looking over my shoulder. <laughs> no, or I'm looking not. looking at your computer. Or writing. That's the point. You never make eye contact. Yes, I do. Okay. We'll wait. We're going we're gonna to see what that yes. looks like in our next meeting. Yeah, exactly. Because you're one of those people, like you, you're talking to me and I'm here. <laughs> and you're like, like this, like you're talking... I think you need glasses. I man. do. I really do. <laughs> I do need glasses. He does. I feel like that's what we kind of did, though. Not really like the 36 questions. But, yeah. Which is odd because I'm I'm not a very trust trusting person. Uh-huh. Like, I don't trust a lot of people. I'm very careful with who I, I don't know, yeah. spill my heart Guarded. out to. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually my favorite Bible verse is Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart for whatever you do flows yeah. through. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't yeah. trust anybody. I don't mm-hmm. trust anyone. That was a very hard thing. So it was very unusual for me. Like the first second we meet, I'm just like telling him everything in my life that's really? ever happened. Mm-hmm. And that's especially unusual. guys. I would I would I stayed away from guys. Mm-hmm. I did not like I just didn't, you know, with how the world is, I just yeah. didn't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it was just definitely so you, it sounds like a bad idea. Do Are you more trusting like no. to tell people your life story? No. No. Well, I would say now, now I was, but I mean, it wasn't more of like tr- tell them my story. It was more of like trust them with how I actually feel. Okay. Because it yes. was like anytime I would actually let people into my heart, then uh-huh. they would just hurt me. So yeah. it was like that's how I was guarded. Mm-hmm. That it was like I wanted to really make sure that you cared about me before I would open up to you because it was like I was tired of being a doormat yes. for everyone. So you felt like on that first night or day or whatever yeah. that you yeah, guys hung first, out yes. that you mm-hmm. let that go, like your guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like, was 100%. And I know we've talked about it before, but for the podcast, I mean, it was 100% a God thing. Yeah. Because I... Because there's I, no way two that broken of people could have gotten together and made it work out without, you know, doing yes. something stupid or mm-hmm. getting into trouble or right. like anything but, like Yeah, that. we didn't even talk to date. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked to help each other for, I mean, months. That it was just like just trying to make each other happy again. And we were never friends, never talked before. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like instantly like she was my number one supporter. Yeah, going through that's that. so cool. Right. And again, so bringing it back to like what we talked about on Sunday, mm-hmm. and we talked with, you know, Mitch and Ashley about this. We've talked to a lot of people about it. And you guys are in that same mm-hmm. generation of missing people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so statistically, you know, I said, well, I didn't say it. It was a Barna study that said, you know, kids that grow up in the church, 70% of them walk away. Mm-hmm. So these are kids in the church. Yeah. Right. Like these weren't kids 
uh, they've never been in the church and not right. come. These were kids that grew up in, you know, the typical story of what you hear from people today. Yeah. I grew up in the church and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so these are people that grew up in the church. 70% of them walk away. So talk about from your perspective in your generation, because again, I mean, if you look around at Life Church, the reality is there's not a lot of you. No. Right? I mean, and again, from you guys' perspective, what's the reason? You know, what are the things? What can the church do differently? What I mean, let us hear from you guys. What What is that perspective? Because we do see it as a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. want to do something about it. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. want to just keep going down the road saying, well, kids are stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that tends to be the new thing. Like, millennials and 20-somethings mm-hmm. are all idiots, and when, when they get their life right, then, you know, we'll reach out to them. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, that's the stupidest idea ever because they're going to hell. Yeah. You know, so you can sit back from your chair and say they're all idiots, which might be true. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that there's not immaturity. Right. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. I think tons mm-hmm. of immaturity. I think kids haven't had to grow up, mm-hmm. you know, inside of their homes. They haven't had to have responsibility. They essentially have allowed to be selfish their whole life. Yes. You know, because they grew up in a family that said whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So we raised a bunch of selfish people. But that all being said, so what? Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah. that is what it is. But from you guys' perspective, where where is it today, you know, in your mind, what can you guys do differently or what are you trying to do? What can the church do differently? Just give me your perspective on your generation. So I think it's a couple things for like kids our age in particular. I think you run into a couple different things. So one of them being, I think you have people that honestly don't care about mm-hmm. the church at all. There is no sense of urgency where it's like they know, like they know everything they need to be doing. But there's no sense of urgency. And they're okay and with going to hell. And, and they're okay going to yes, hell? That yeah. they're okay with, like, not putting in any effort. That I've had, I mean, personal conversations for hours that I'm like, you know, you've heard the message. What are you doing? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not saying this from a judgmental standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, like, you know what you should be doing. And it's all again of, I don't really care. That perspective's hard for me to I think it. that's the biggest perspective. It's the hardest thing opinion. for me to understand. Which I don't understand that. Is it because it's not now? Like they don't think they're going to die like, yet? It's just it's, I'm going to get around to it. It's right. the biggest thing. Yes. That it's, it's either just, all get around to or it's just not what they want to hear. It's never what they want to hear. And it's the same thing. You know, they got to do whatever they wanted to do their whole life. No one mm-hmm. was an authority figure to right. them. And I think they just think that... Christians are just judgmental, horrible people, Yeah, basically. And I also, I mean, I'm listening to the Nick Offerman book again right Mm -hmm. now. I'm re-listening to it. And I think part of the problem is they've been around a lot of crappy religious people. Mm. Not for, I think that's like the second group of people my age that aren't in it because everyone my age will wear a cross necklace and still do the same things that you do. You know, that they're still out there partying. They're still out there. I mean, there is no living witnesses for kids our age for even anyone to look at someone and see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the people they do are being usually like what it was in high school or just like a group of girls in high school that everyone knows they've been like the Christian girls, mm-hmm. you know, since like middle school, yes. you know, that yeah. it's like it's very the same, the same group. It was mm-hmm. a very stereotypical and that it was and like the other kids hated them. Yeah. Yes. And that everyone yeah. didn't like them because, oh, they're goody two shoes. Oh, they're all a, oh, they do nothing wrong. You know, that they had that whole, they're just perfect yes. thing. So, and then everyone else they look at is like, oh, well, if that's, you know, all the conversations you have, if that's Christianity, 
that's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, not easy. Not only is it that easy, you know, that it's, I don't have to do anything for it. Right. You know, if they're doing that, then why do I need to do anything? They're doing the same thing I'm doing. Yeah. So I, I think, think the, it ruins the view of yeah, it for The 20-something-year-olds and, like, 30s, I think that's the most difficult mm-hmm. ones to come to because I feel like high schoolers and middle schoolers still have enough influence maybe. They might have already made up their mind, but I feel like especially what I've seen with when we were doing the small group, even there was a kid there that flat out said he was an atheist, but he still listened. He still asked, mm. asked questions. Like right. they're still curious. And then even with the younger ones, when I did VBS a couple weeks ago, like it is so refreshing to see little kids yeah. who want to know. And yeah. I mean, they're actually yeah. curious. When yeah. I when I do kids, I do kids twice a month upstairs. I'm a teacher for kindergarten and first grade, and I have five year olds being able to recite Bible stories mm-hmm. to me. Right. And that's something that I bet you a 20 year old couldn't even do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think 20 somethings are going to be it's the hardest. The, I think they more lean on the side of that's when you say, like, what does the church do? And, like, what do we do? Because it's like every time you share the message, they're essentially just like, I don't care. Right. You or know? they'll say it like, you know, it hit the like spot, a, like, oh, that really got me emotional. Yeah, and, then and then nothing, nothing happens. And then nothing happens. Mm. And so then it's like, how many times do you plant the seed before, you know, you're trusting that God will do something? Mm. And that's why I've had to remind myself a lot because it was like people that I knew in my life personally that I was like really passionate about. I'm like, you guys should be coming back in the church and mm-hmm. like being trying to like figure some of this out a little bit. I'm like, have you looked looked around and seen what's been going on? Yeah. Like, how are you guys doing? Like, do you need work put in? Like, yeah. you know, just like look around that everything's going on in the world right now. Like, wake up, yeah. you know, yeah, like scary. stuff. It's, stuff. it's definitely scary. You yeah, see like, that too, like especially at college. I mean, since I go to HU and it's a Christian school, I mean, it's harder to see my generation not being believers or even whatever religion they believe in. But I mean, like he was always, I always said he was the evangelical one. I have a harder time inviting people to church more than talking to them. Mm. It's that initial point. And I think that's a lot of people's problems. They like, they're too scared to invite them because what they might say or that they'll say. And like, I know the one time that I was legitimately so nervous to ask my friends at college was Sherry's a uh, night of worship. Mm. And I invited a bunch of girls from my nursing class to come. And I was terrified. They all just kind of said like, okay, cause they knew about it. They knew what was going on, mm-hmm. but they all came every single one of them. Wow. And then ever since then, I was like, I, I can do this. Like I can invite people even mm-hmm. if they don't come. And mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. see a lot of HU kids come during right. the school year, yeah. but it's just like, do when they go home, do they go to church? Right. Or do they just come because we're at HU? And like the same thing, we have to get a certain amount of chapel mm-hmm. credits. Do they just go to go get chapel credits right. or are they actually going to listen? Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And some of those things that again, happen in you guys' life. So parents, uh, mission trips, mm-hmm. uh, getting away it, event type things, things that take you out of your normal environment and then move you to another place. Right? I think I think what we've talked about a lot is we should start doing mission trips for kids our age. Yes. Funny is that's exactly what I have in the works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of doing mission trips with Yes. Them. Yeah. Because until you with the get a complete yeah. wake up call that you have it very easy compared to everyone else mm-hmm. that not a lot of change happens, Yeah, you know, until you're out of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. then forced, you know, to listen to God and like try and do his work Yeah, mm-hmm. that not a lot of change happens when you're comfortable, mm-hmm. nothing happens. Yeah. And especially if like nothing goes on in their lives. Like I know we were at a really good place when Sherry got sick and then we had to figure that all out. And then after she passed, it was like, we have two choices. We can either be mad at God or we can move on and, yep. you know, mm-hmm. praise God basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what 
not necessarily made us closer together, but we, you have to be transparent mm-hmm. with one another right. mm-hmm. because that was, I mean, that was the first death I've ever had that close. Mm-hmm. And even though she wasn't my mother, she felt like it. Right. 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 And mm-hmm. so we talked and he would even ask me, he's like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Because anytime I saw anyone, they're like, well, how's Isaac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was a difficult scenario for me. For and sure. we've talked about mm-hmm. that a lot. And we, we kind of, we would get into it a couple of times. Cause he's like, <laughs> you have an opinion just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people don't understand. And I didn't understand at a time point was that you you can talk to people and you don't have to be the perfect Christian. Like you can right. say you're mad uh-huh. at God, you can right. say you're upset, all these different things. And I think that's something that made us to where we are now is that we talked through that whole thing. We never, it never sat on the back burner. It was never just like, oh, well, she's gone. Let's just not talk about it anymore. Right. Like, I think we talk about it weekly right. or there's mm-hmm. something, something that'll always come up. I mean, when he, when he proposed, we it got brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, not even right after I was crying for like 20 minutes because I, I was like, do you know how bad I want to call her? Yeah. yeah. And that was just like, it comes up in everyday life. So I don't think people realize that you don't have to be the perfect Christian yeah, to come right. to church. Right. Yeah. And I think that needs to be seen more. Yeah. The vulnerability part well, of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to tell all the kids in the small group. And I'm like, if you guys would go ask my parents, I was not a perfect kid throughout <laughs> high school. I'm like, Does I, anybody raise a perfect yeah. kid? No. Yeah. Yeah. no. Yeah. Then I'm like, I did stupid things just like you guys did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, take it from a young kid that did those stupid things with you. Then I'm like, it's not worth it. Right. You know, right. that it's like, but you, you just can come back. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not perfect. And I know I'm like, I'm not a perfect Christian right now. I'm like, I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's the difference. I'm like, you know, you're not perfect. We need a savior. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know that. I'm yeah. like, no one's perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be a saving grace story that you have to have this, you know, perfect, perfect salvation story, you know. That's what people think. That's what a lot of Uh people think. That's why I think it's good that everyone knows, you know, you can struggle Mm -hmm. with whatever, go through whatever, but you can still come out on top. Yes. You can still, you know, have your faith, believe, go to church, Mm -hmm. everything like that, and reach other people. Because that's the most important. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, like the mission trip idea, this mm-hmm. is like when we used to do mission trips all the time. It started when I was a youth pastor. Yeah. Because I always said we were trying to get kids to invite kids to youth. And so they did. And it was, but it was still different. But as soon as we started doing mission trips to Guatemala mm-hmm. and we said, hey, we're going there and we're going to be with orphan kids, mm-hmm. all kinds of unchurched kids came. I mean, all kinds of them. Really? Like, I'll go serve at an orphanage. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Oh. And so we got... They would invite a friend. And I mean, those mission trips, we took up to 30 or 40 kids. Wow. You know, yeah. and they would, again, work to pay for it. Yeah. Go and serve. And again, I've always said this. I mean, I don't know how it all turned out, mm-hmm. but God did something to yes. those people while they were there. Right. You of can't go and serve in an orphanage in another country, no. or you can't go to Chicago and serve in another way without God. Without something being revealed, without something happening. And so if you can get people out of their comfort zone, which is the big thing, get Mm -hmm. them out of their environment, Mm -hmm. right? Take them out of their environment, put them in a different environment. I just think God can do things in those places, you know, where sometimes that's what we, that's why I think we got to continue to think about Mm -hmm. as a church. Right. if the only option for a young person is to invite him to church, we're never going to win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just never going to win. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to get him here. Yeah. But if you get a, a young person an opportunity to invite him to a mission trip, yeah. you get an opportunity to invite him to a camping trip, an opportunity Small to invite group, him to probably. something. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. They're, I think they're going to try that. Oh, yeah. You know, just for the sheer fact, I think that fits mm-hmm. who they they're are. They're curious. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think they need to see Jesus. Mm. They don't need to hear it. Yeah. They need to, they see, need it. to see it. Because a lot of people say, well, you can't. Because a lot of people, a lot of people even our age, I mean, it's the whole faith talk that it's like, 
How are you? How do you describe faith to someone that needs to see it? Yes, yeah. I mean the biggest thing I think I've seen people say is that oh yeah, I believe there's a God. I believe in God, but I don't have a faith. Like I don't have faith in Him mm-hmm. that He can do things yeah. or that He can you know things yeah. like that. that. They believe, it's but like, they like just it's don't just believe like it. ancient things, you yeah. know that He oh yeah He did all those things all that time ago, but He doesn't work today. Like yeah. just reading something in a history book or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it's, it's like more they seen as a, that the Bible's true, it, yeah. right? But they don't think He can do that now. Yeah. That it's just a history book, you know. Which, I mean, faith lessons. is hard. Yeah. Yeah, very. Well, especially when you don't get a chance to practice it. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, or see it. That, right, that's my point. So that, I mean, back to what you're saying. So mm-hmm. when we think about it in the future as a church, we got to give people opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, coming to an event, just coming to Sunday morning or just coming, you know, to be a part of some that doesn't help, No, you no. know, anything. And, no. it, and, again, it might trigger something inside of somebody, but it doesn't necessarily, especially in young people like mm-hmm. that, make the difference, mm-hmm. you know? And so what are we going to do? One, to fund young people's passion, right? Like that's what we've said. Like we want to be a church that funds young people's mm-hmm. passion. So if there's something out there that's like, we know that this works, but because this is different, you know, when I was 21 years old, mm-hmm. 22 years old, 23 years old, you don't have any money. Well, I guess you have money. <laughs> back then, I mean, you think about it. Somebody that's trying to get yeah. started at 25 mm-hmm. to 30 years old, they don't have the resources right. compared to what we have when we're 50. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just different than what it was. So all of us inside of the church, and this is a call out to anybody inside of the church, open up. If you really want to reach them, mm-hmm. I, I've always said this, then prove it. Right. Open up your wallet. Yeah. You know, open up your house, mm-hmm. open, you know, that lake house you have, you know, that vacation house yes. you have, you know, that everything mm-hmm. that they don't have, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Open it up. You know, Don Patmore is a perfect example of that. Yeah. You know, Don's a guy that, you know, down the road has said, and he's been on our podcast before. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I can to give opportunities, you know, for these things to happen. And if it cost me money and God's blessed him, you mm-hmm. know, in his life, but I'm going to open those things up. And I think more people just have to do that. Yeah. You know, instead of self, she like, oh, I worked my whole life for this and it's mm-hmm. just for me now. Right. Holding on to it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. no, that give it away and let people use it and allow young people mm-hmm. that, to reach young people mm-hmm. instead of just being like, well, they're stupid. I'm not going to give them. Cause you know what? They might use your place and break it. Right. Yeah. But that's just a reality. Right. Like who cares? Though? Right. Like that doesn't really matter. Those are the things we're after. Mm-hmm. So we're over an hour. So if you can imagine that. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into questions. So we'll do questions okay. and then, yeah. you know, we'll end up with, you know, cause again, it's almost two thirties. So. Time, time to feed. Time to time feed. To feed. Yeah. All right. So the question, first question from Karen Bennett is, can they describe the process of how they made their parents faith their own and any potholes that they fell into along the way? I think we kind of, yeah, I think so, we covered yeah, that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we right. did cover that. Yeah, I think we covered a major yeah. part of that. You have to work for it. Doesn't yeah. come easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you really, it you really yeah. have to take it for your own. I know that sounds kind of bland. No. But until, until you're putting in the work yourself and sacrificing your own time and taking it and making it your own mm-hmm. routine, until It'll you do, happen. yeah, until you do those things, I don't think you'll, you'll be stagnant. Yeah. Because until you, until you make a sacrifice that it's something out of your personal time that you could be doing anything else with yeah you know it's your free time and you make the effort towards Mm -hmm. god i think he honors that and i think that's really what i think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is just taking it for your own and being you know 
uh, disciplined and sacrificing those kind of things because it's really easy to be busy and, yeah. you know, just brush it over and not do it. And that's still something that I have to continue to work on because I get up early in the morning, so I don't really want to wake up at four in the morning. Oh, so it's, oh that's terrible. So it's, <laughs> I want to, I have to stay, con- I have to stay consistent on sacrificing time yeah. to like journal yeah. and, you know, like read my Bible and put in work because mm-hmm. it's really easy for me it's to just to work. Just yeah. To just work all day long and then get done with work. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, I don't want to do anything else. It's the same thing with like, school, too. I'm reading I all bet. day, learning oh. all day. Last thing I want to do is read the Bible. Exactly. You know? right. Yeah. So you have to sacrifice. So you have to be, I mean, it's a big, again, back to the whole mental thing. I mean, you just have to be mentally tough. David Goggins. You can't hurt me. I mean, until you, that's anything in life. Until yeah. you want it yourself, yeah. you're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, but yeah. I think that's, I mean, Isaac and I, well, Brady too, we've all read that book, You Can't Hurt Me. Mm-hmm. And it is somewhat amazing how much of pansy the world is. Really? No. Oh, I, I mean, think... it just, again, I mean, everybody's like, can't push through there's like this mental barrier mm-hmm. you know because mental is way more than physical like absolutely your physical body can be way more uh, you can yeah. heal so fast mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can't push push past the yes mental barrier. right I could, I, could have a, I could have a whole podcast we want to talk about the mental, <laughs> i would rather the be mental beat toughness up than stuff. like abused yeah. like verbally yeah but no I mean, way. that's even something like i mean we could even recommend that book it's a not not safe for work book <laughs> you know? <laughs> is it not no. a lot of cussing oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean it's doesn't matter but it's good they, they, no. I would, well, again, I guess it does matter. We can't recommend books. But again, I hope people can get past that because again, what David Goggins says right, yeah. inside of there. He's, again, it's, and it's he's, all it's all just a mental battle. And yeah. you're, you sell yourself short on so much more than what you're act, actually mm. capable of. Right. And yeah. that that alone has helped me in my faith journey of just realizing like mental toughness is not just a workout thing. It's not like it's a life thing. It's a, dis- mm. it's a lifestyle it's every, of discipline. Every yeah. day yes. you have to wake up and you have to, you know, keep grinding. Like mm-hmm. it's you're continuing to try and improve yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was like whether you talk about the Spartan races, you know, any of those yeah. kind of things that, that it's terrible. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to push yourself beyond what your just, body But it was just like to. you can have every excuse on to why even those races suck, mm-hmm. you know, but it's when you go out there and you're really digging down deep and you find out how much of a pansy you are yeah because i mean you push through and it feels so good yeah because we didn't we didn't run it in the middle of it we didn't run at all before we trained for our weekend that we did and i mean that alone i mean that's one reason i like doing them so Mm -hmm. much is because you really find out how mentally tough you are yes and that's not i don't use that just as a workout thing like Uh that's whether i'm working that's whether i'm that's whether i'm reading the bible because it applies in everything right you know that it's like, oh, am I going to complain that I have blisters on my heels while I'm running? Mm-hmm. Well, there's people that don't eat, you know, yeah. every single day. Or can't you know, run. there's people that, can't that, walk, that don't have these abilities right. to, you know, do any of those things. I'm like, we're soft. Perspective. You know, <laughs> no one has perspective mm-hmm. and we're a lot softer than we think. Yeah. Because you'll give a lot more when you oh, sit yeah. there and you push for it than mm-hmm. you adapt to pushing instead of being stagnant. Right. Which is a hard, I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. No, for oh, sure. Oh, yes. No, so much I've easier. I've always said, like, 
mental discipline, again, back to if you're not disciplined in your life, how are you going to be disciplined in your faith? Mm-hmm. Like part of the reason of people not ever experiencing faith is because they never put themselves in position to ever have to experience faith right. because it's too hard. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Yeah, I mean, to have faith is hard yes, because is. you put yourself in a position that you can't control. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, whether it's giving away your money or giving away your time, taking kids in, going on mission trips, like those things put you in out of control situations situations yeah. and people aren't mentally tough enough to face it. Like anything that gets out of control, they just break down. And I'm yeah. like, you got to work on that stuff. Like mm-hmm. get up at the same time, you know, discipline your life. And then when it gets to the tough times in faith, you're going to have the mental toughness to be able to do it. Right? Yeah. You know, so it's a life. Well, there's one thing that he does in that book. I know we're over time, but it goes, it goes along with it. That you like one thing that I've tried to do that you do after action uh-huh. reports. And so you write down every single thing you did in your day. Okay. And then including if there was, free time and then you can sit there and you look back at your day Mm. and you see how much free time you have when you think you're busy so it's like I write it out everything that I started doing that everything that I've done in my day Mm -hmm. and whether I had free time or didn't have free time or whether I mean to the point where it's like I unloaded calves at this time you know that I've tried to keep myself more on like a time schedule because then I can really see him when I complain I'm like oh I'm tired and I never have time but I'm like I do have time Mm -hmm. I'm just being weak yeah yeah I'm not sacrificing my time so that's a good practice for me to keep reminding myself that I have work to do Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to just sit there and be like I know I have work to do but you don't really do anything about it yeah when I have a constant reminder that I suck it makes (laughs) me it makes me want to do something about it I just look in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say that. Bring that. All right. Question number two from Kaylin. Wow. I need some glasses. That looks like a T. Kaylin Griffith. Griffith. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Griffith. Griffith. That's weird to say. Griffith. Okay. We're just going to say that. She wants to know if you guys pray together. Yes. So, yes. But to, not like not, Ashley and Mitchell. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but Ashley and Mitchell yeah, are like Ashley and Mitchell. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It we is a new standard. We don't pray together every night. But I feel like what we do more is have, like, in-depth conversations of, like, where we're at. I okay. think we do a good job of, like, checking each other. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. yeah. He'll tell me when I'm, you know, I need to work on something or, you know, you need to do this or that. In the good way. Right. Yeah. In the good I mean, way. they're not, again, just like you said, I mean, they're not fun conversations, but it's, again, going back to the point, we all have work to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like staying up, again, going back to the same thing. Like, just keep reminding yourself, like, we do have work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you don't get caught in just the same schedule and the same routine and that it's more of, I'm. we have a lot of those conversations that it's like when I feel like we've been not doing anything or felt like we've been kind of stagnant, that it's like, okay, to have a come to Jesus meeting yeah. and see where we're at and, you know, see what we can do better. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing negative. It's just where can we move forward? Mm-hmm. That was one of the you first know? things we ever talked about. He was like, I don't want to see you go to hell. We're going to work on this. You know, we're doing this mm-hmm. together. Well, and so I think, yeah, we don't well, FaceTime I've, every night. I've but always we said <laughs> too, and, and we've talked about this in the church, and I'm like, if you're going to be my wife, you are my first responsibility. I'm supposed to reach other people, but I'm supposed to reach you first. Mm-hmm. So when I die, mm-hmm. he's asking me first what I did for you. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to be going to be on you because that's what God calls me right. to do. I think that's amazing. And it's, it's not comfortable leading. I mean, I think that's a that's a big thing for a lot of guys my age, even when they're taking relationships serious, you know, mm-hmm. but God calls men to lead. 
whether you don't want to lead or you do want to lead, you're supposed to be a leader. Mm -hmm. You're the man. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is your so be the man. Yeah. You're a biblical man. You tell so him. Be, you know, and so that's why I try, try and model that. And yeah. Because I've always said, I'm like, you look at someone and ask the question, if today was the last day, are they going to heaven or hell? And if they're going to hell, you need to be doing something mm -hmm. about it. And so that's what we've said. I mean, model our own lives. Look at our how you know how we've been living, or how do our how do our actions look? Are mm -hmm. we being lethargic with our time, or are we doing something with God's time? You know, mm -hmm. that it's like you just have to keep keep trying to look back and see what where we can improve on those things. Yeah. Yeah, good. So Jenny, end us up with yep. the phone number and remind people what they can do. Yep. So I put out the podcast every week and sharing it, liking it really helps for it to get out there and for more people to see it. And then it just shows, I mean, then more people can see your story because I think you guys are amazing and like young couples. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot besides Mitchell and Ashley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> young couples that are living like you and the more people that like share the more people that can see it and mm -hmm. benefit from it but we also the numbers that we or the number that we have that we sent a text in or the text that we're given um we send out something once a week and ask just ask you what you want to know and so we use that for a communication we want to have a conversation with you we want your questions. We just want to, I don't know, just... We Are we want gaining any people on this thing? Do, be anybody, do we have more people than we used to? On the number thing? More, yeah, yeah. People, okay, good. Yeah. So people are listening to you. They're yes. actually mm -hmm. getting on that number. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. they are. But you never know. Like, oh, I know. You, know, you I know. put this out every week, like, yeah. do this, get on the chain. Yeah, no, yeah. I think we have a lot of numbers, actually. Yeah, yeah they're listening. But yeah, just... If you know somebody that wants to be on the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, we want you to have them. What's the number? Because not everybody's watching. Oh, that's right. 260-408-8383. Was that right? Yeah. Yes. Woo! Look at you. Uh, memorized, right. huh? You yes, did have, I do. Did no brain numbing moment no, at that point. No, because it's close to my number, so I get confused. Yeah, Remember? I know. That's I almost what I said. said my number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, again, so we'll end it up with this. So just, again, for you guys, you know, um, and this is something we'll be talking about because I, I think I'm marrying you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I mean, what a cool thing to be <laughs> able to marry your kids. I know. Did you, you do know? that for all of your kids? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I've done all of their weddings. That's cool. That's what I told Sarah. I was like, if we get married, why can't I just like... <laughs> go, like back yeah. 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 go back and forth. Go back and forth. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, that should be I easy. think you can. No, I don't think that works. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so for a young couple, I mean, I do think you guys have the the opportunity, just like we said to Ashley Mitchell and to all young couples, mm -hmm. is, is that, yeah, right now it doesn't look that good, mm -hmm. you know, to, to for your generation and the people around you. But I think at the end of the day, examples is what everybody's looking for. Yes. You know what I mean? I think everybody's looking for an example of saying, we don't really know, but we're curious. Mm -hmm. And I think curiosity and watching you guys and the way that you live your life. And I've just always said it, stick it out. You know, be in it for the long game, you right. know, not just in your relationship, but in reaching people. I mean, mm -hmm. we're 18 years into doing a church, you know, and you're seeing some of the fruit of that now, but that's 18 years worth of praying for people, 18 yeah. years worth of being on your knees, 18 years worth of sacrificing, and you're seeing some of that fruit. But I think the biggest thing for people is they just give up too early, mm -hmm. you know, and I think you guys have talked about that, yeah. not to give up, you know, and not, not in your relationship, but on other people, mm -hmm. you know, and we say, don't give up, keep praying for them and, you know, stay in their lives as much as possible and then let God do what, mm -hmm. you know, only he can do. And, mm -hmm. and again, you know, 
know, if you guys have heard me say this before, you know, Bree and Isaac, I'm really proud of both of you for, you know, one, giving an example that two broken people coming together and putting each other back together is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And the yeah. two, two coming back together and, and again, going through a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. like I said, not, not a lot of young people experience, you know, like Sherry dying last year and in the middle of your relationship and going through mm-hmm. those things. And then we've talked about this before is like, you, you're right. You have a choice, mm-hmm. you know, and you can respond in a way that's, you know, what it is, it's not good, but at the end of the day, you can respond in a way to say, or we can use this as another stepping stone, mm-hmm. something to build our faith and something yeah. to show people that we have faith, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the people are watching, mm-hmm. how we respond and Sherry's death and the yeah. things we do. And I'm just proud of the way you guys have handled it and how you guys have moved forward in those things. And again, looking forward to watching you guys grow and mm-hmm. seeing how your relationship grows and how the, you know, you'll continue to be, uh, loving one another well, but also, you know, loving people and seeing mm-hmm. them come to know Jesus. So thanks right. for being and on the dogs. podcast. And dogs. I said and dogs. Yes. Uh, all the golden retrievers. Get a wiener dog. <laughs> a wiener dog. <laughs> yes. yes she wants With a all the golden retrievers. Yes. 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 Well, not like an actual one. It's one of the curly ones, but you know. But, <laughs> oh, oh yes. 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 Oh my. Next okay. Time. Well, thanks guys for joining <laughs> us. Thanks everybody for joining us out there or watching. And yeah. so we're so thankful that uh, you were on with us today and we're part of what's going on. We ask you to pray for us as a church and these young couples as we're trying to figure out how to reach a young generation and how we can continue to move forward in that. And again, like Jenny said, like, share, comment on YouTube, you know, give Go us your comment. feedback so we can continue to, to grow this podcast. Yeah. So thanks for joining us we'll see you guys next week bye Bye.